so we're coming live today um, and it's just me so I thought it would be nice to have an episode that talks a little bit about one of the things we've talked about in almost every episode I have a guest in is mediumship for creativity so I haven't actually talked about what it is on this show or what I think it is <laughs> I should I should qualify and so I thought I'd spend some time, um, you know, explaining it and just talking a little bit about what it means to me and how I use it and what what it is. And so I'll go through kind of the beginning of the process and how I came up with it and what I do, you know, how I practice it. And I'd like to actually do a little bit of an exercise with everybody. So if you want to grab a piece of paper and pen or pencil, you know, you don't need any complicated things, but uh, feel free to do that if you want when you have a chance, and then we'll get to that later in the episode. So this is the unknown unknown. I forgot to say that. And uh, we're here tonight to, you know, usually we're just talking about anything having to do with getting different forms of information. So this could be um, basically, you know, we all do sorts of research and kind of we get information from our environment and their senses from people around us. Um, we learn, we all learn in different ways. And the idea that kind of building on we all learn in different ways, we all learn from different places as well. And for many of us, whether we're aware of it or not, we're actually learning from things um, that go beyond our rational mind. Um, these can be our own intuition. It can be communication from uh, the other side or other dimensions or um, psychic information and energies. And sometimes just sensory information that is at a lower level than our conscious awareness. And so I'm really interested in my lifelong interest is in finding new forms of information because I think our brains are are pretty limitless in terms of if we can imagine it, then we can make it happen. Um, and so why not kind of explore and push push the boundaries? So that's that's what this show is really about. And what I want to talk about tonight is how to I use mediumship and the skills of psychic connection and um, connecting in with the spirit realm, as well as other uh, places, we could say, outside of our own physical dimension. Um, the spirit realm is the place I probably spend the most time, but there are other realms that we can we can visit, and they take the same skills. Um, and so what I'm really curious about and spend a lot of time doing, and I teach a class about this, is how to use these skills, the mediumship skills, which, like I said, are a combination of psychic skills and the ability to kind of change into an altered state of consciousness in order to receive information from spirit realm. And it's a complex set of skills, first of all. Anybody who's tried learning mediumship knows it's... Um, it's not easy. Uh, it's very possible. And I truly believe it's possible for anyone. Um, if you want to, and you want to spend the time learning and practicing and studying um, that it, it is available. It's a capacity of all human minds and beings. Um, but it's for me anyways, not not something I would say uh, is super easy, <laughs> especially because it's really different than how we're trained to think and get information. Again, back to the, the kind of reason I do this podcast is to get into expanding our minds and how we think about where information comes from. And that actually helps develop mediumship skills in an indirect way because it starts to show all of the other ways in our world that we're getting uh, information that aren't, you know, books and uh, even words or um numbers and that kind of thing. We get so much information. Just think about when you're sitting in front of a person, how much you know, yes, from the words they say, but you also know things from 
watching them in their body language. You might feel certain things just being around certain people that maybe don't, doesn't have a rational basis. You can't understand why you feel those things, but they're there and that's information. And the other thing I'm really into is not having a supremacy of information, that one form of information, whether it be rational, spirit, non-rational, psychic, whatever it is, none of these are inherently better than other forms of information. And to make good decisions, we need lots of them, lots of these sources, and to be able to bring them together and make decisions and understand the world based on many things and not just, not just one. So again, tonight, I want to talk about using mediumship for creativity. And I have a pretty loose definition of mediumship, but also of creativity, because I, I use creativity in my day job. I have a day job. I'm an innovation strategist. Um, I use a lot of creativity there, but I also use it in drawing. And um, I think we, we use it when we cook a meal. Um, I've been using it at renovating my house. Uh, creativity just being, I think, this is my own hypothesis, that creativity is sort of our culture's shorthand for saying non-rational information. In a lot of ways, we basically use the word creativity whenever we're saying we're doing something that doesn't necessarily have a rational basis or something we can land on as a firm, you know, so as opposed to math, right, being creative, you're like, I'm imagining something I want to make, or I'm deciding what looks good and using my sense of aesthetics. Like there's just all these very difficult to quantify or rationally explain things that go into creativity. And because of this overlap, I think it's just a great place for mediumship because mediumship is also not necessarily using the rational brain, right? Um, we're using something bigger and more broad than just our thinking minds. Um, because if we were just using our thinking minds and we don't have a solid understanding of what happens after death, then we're going to get confused because we don't know what we're doing in the spirit realm. We can sense it and we can feel it and we have ideas, but we don't rationally know right? We don't have like scientific proof the way the rational mind wants it. And that's just like creativity. If you ask, if somebody asks you where you got an idea from for your latest painting, you might be able to identify, you know, oh yeah, I was on a walk and I saw this flower. <laughs> but many things I know that I make and a lot of, you know, friends and other types of artists and creatives, you can't always say where an idea came from. It's just like this little spark. And I don't know about you, but I think it is so fun. I love, I love that creative process and being engaged in things that don't necessarily have a concrete answer. And I should say, I also love being engaged in the rational process. My day job is very mathematical. It's based in data and technology. And it's like, it's very and dry and I love that too um like I said not a supremacy of of information sources it's hopefully we're getting a little bit of everything and using that to really um, understand our world oops sorry I just got a repeated feed from the video came through um so I can't see comments and I have which I really wanted to, I just was trying to see the comments because I, I know there's some people um, commenting, so I, I can't see them, um, but I'm really glad you're here and listening. So I'll keep going, and um, yeah, it's nice to know people are there. <laughs> it's so weird just to talk and talk to a video without um, being able to comment, but I just tried to look at the comments and it turned the sound on, and that's that's not going to work for anybody. So I want to talk a little bit about how I came up with this process I use for um, mediumship and creativity. And that was, you know, I, I moved to Lilydale in 2018 and started 
um, in Judith Rochester's Friday Night Circles at Church of the Living Spirit. Like as soon as I could, the first week actually it was canceled because there was a big snowstorm. And so I had to wait for the second week and I was like, oh my God, I, I'm so excited for this. Anyways, I, I started going to those and I started experimenting with um, automatic writing. And in particular, I was interested in having conversations with spirit guides and that kind of thing. And I tried it on the computer and I tried it um, on paper and in song and music and um, really had a lot of fun doing that and had some really fascinating things come through a project that I actually just um, put online a couple months ago called imperialistsanonymous.org was something that came through in a channeling process. Um, and this was very early in my days with it. I didn't really know what I was doing, but for anybody who's tried it, if you have a little bit of patience um, and a little willingness to do something kind of weird, um, automatic writing is is pretty fun and and easy to do. It it definitely takes time. Like, you know, I've got dozens and dozens of probably hundreds of pages of stuff that I just threw out because it <laughs> it was nothing. And I've got a few projects that came out of it that were very cool. But when I went to Fellowships of the Spirits two-year program later that year in 2018, I found out there was going to be a research project, and I knew I was going to want to do my research project on on channeling because I wanted to learn more about it. And the curriculum in 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 mediumship development generally isn't about using mediumship for our art. Um, that's not the case across the board, but I was studying like for client mediumship. And so uh, in the second year of the program, I started uh, the research project and was trying to find any book I could about channeling um, and found quite a few. Like I found like uh, I even found some spiritist books like Eric Kardec's um, uh books and um what else was I looking at I was looking at some new age channeling stuff so not spiritualist style but like new age you know there's a lot of interesting channelers in the uh you know the last few like 70s 80s 90s there's there's a lot of that going on um as well as spiritualists and I just found over and over that they explain the process as like you know get your pencil open the connection, write, and then close. And I wanted to know more. I wanted to know what was happening inside that process, right? And so I just, I was like, all right, fine. Nobody's going to give me an answer here, or at least I couldn't find an answer at that time. And so I just started um, doing it more and more often. And what I did is, um, I think I did 25 or so experiments and I kept track of, of every experiment, how long I stayed in the connection, what the purpose was and what my, um, what do you call it, like process. So whether I was following one of the processes out of the book um, or was just kind of freely trying it on my own, I would, I just kept this spreadsheet of, of all of them and all of the output. And at the time I was writing a novel. And so I did like a chapter um, or a couple pages. I don't think I did the whole chapter using this method. Um, I did all sorts of like Instagram posts. I did some songs I, or I tried to channel some songs. Um, I channeled the name of this podcast. That was one of the channeling sessions was um, to find the name of the podcast and unknown unknown came out. Um, and I experimented with identifying a contact I was channeling with and not identifying. I just tried a bunch of stuff and 25 times is not a lot. I just, you know, that was, that was what I had time for in writing the paper. Um, I've since experimented, you know, I've continued that experiment without the spreadsheet, but for the last few years, that was back in 2020. So, you know, I've kept going with it and evolved the process, but I want to read something that came out, um, when I was writing the paper. And so what happened was um, with all those experiments, basically then I went to write the research paper and it's like very academic sounding and, and kind of dry. 
But as I was writing um, the suggested process part of the paper, I used the process to channel this suggested process. And it, before I actually got the process, what came out was this premise. Um, it's like there's seven things that uh, I feel like are the foundation of my beliefs on why this works for me and what, what the process is built on. So I'm gonna read them. Um, the first is uh, all creative work includes connection to spirit. The second is the creative process moves through the human, moves the human. So let me start that again. The creative process moves the human through varying levels of consciousness and the spirit through varying levels of physicality. All creative work requires two skills, the technical ability, such as writing, painting, composition, etc., and the connection ability. These two skills work in tandem. Four, the connection involves three steps. Opening is an invitation. Receiving the message is listening and using the message is translation. These can happen consciously or unconsciously for the human. To increase our conscious ability to work with spirit on our creative endeavors, we can learn to control our connection and identify our sources. Connection with spirit, this is number six, six. Connection with spirit is a dynamic activity that can be turned up, down, on, and off by the human at any time and throughout the creative process. Seven, it is a personal choice how much of oneself to have in the process. Reducing the distance between receiving and translating the message moves into deeper mediumship, requires more connection with spirit and less interference from the human. So those are, are sort of like, if anybody has done a lot of mediumship or understand spiritualism, you know, like, there's something familiar here, right? Like, this isn't, I'm not inventing something new. I'm just trying to speak or was trying to speak with, with the help. I didn't identify where this exactly came through, who I was channeling with, but um, this, like, speaks to what, what we talk about with um with spiritualism and that how we connect with spirit and our understanding of what mediumship is. And it just looks at it from the lens of creativity. And what this does is set us up so that we understand you don't have to do mediumship to do creativity. I don't think that you have to, but I do believe if you get down to the very like most essential level of creativity, it includes a connection to spirit. And that doesn't necessarily mean it has to be a dead person. I'm not saying that. I think the word spirit can be replaced with many words and whatever word is interesting and useful for you. But it's about connecting to something outside of yourself. And I think other traditions might say something like um, God or the universe. Um, you could say your own spirit or soul. You could say collective um, unconscious. You could say your own unconscious. You could say the you know great river of creativity. Like, there's a lot of different ways you can talk about this, but the point is a lot of times the understanding of creativity is that it comes through more than just yourself. Like there has to be an outside um, connection um, or if if you're if you believe it's within yourself in your own subconscious or um, something you're tapping to, into within yourself you're still jumping out of your rational mind right and that's kind of the point here and mediumship is a great way to learn how to do that and so this is why I talk about mediumship with creativity all the time. <laughs> And like, this is the kind of foundation of, of how I think about it. So to go into some of these other steps uh, a little bit more is that I also don't think you need to be like in a trance or doing channeling to do uh, creative work. I think a lot of, a lot of the creative process is not necessarily in an altered state of consciousness or doing mediumship. Um, if you think about writing a book, for example, 
there are moments when you're getting inspiration and stuff comes to you and there's moments when you can connect in and ask for stuff to come to you intentionally but there's also hours and hours and hours of editing and um, proofreading and you know formatting like just tons of stuff that is still part of the creative process because you're getting something you've created into the world but it's not um mediumship is not going to help so much there i don't think <laughs> or it hasn't helped well maybe it has helped me but let's just say i'm not doing writing the entire book well in a state of mediumship um there's lots that has to be done with the rational brain so um Remembering that I think is really important that uh, the mediumship is part of the process and the creative process is long and different for everybody and for every project and for every media, like medium as in material. Um, but it's part and it can be part of the process. So another thing I talk about or these steps talk about is the two, two skills, technical ability and connection ability. And this, I think, is really interesting because I remember when I first learned about not automatic writing, but um, precipitated paintings, right? If you've ever heard of this, we have some here at the Maplewood Hotel in, in Lilydale. Um, precipitated paintings, basically the medium is in the room and with the materials and like the, the art just comes onto the canvas. And I mean, that's such a dream as somebody who has really poor painting skills like if i could just do that um it would be amazing i have not yet um <laughs> i'm still making very mediocre paintings um same with music right like i if i could just channel somebody who can play the banjo and then not have to learn how to play the banjo it would be really great um however you need to have some pretty serious skills to do any creative act well and either if if your connection skills are phenomenal and you can channel somebody who can play the banjo and get your hands to to play along those are some exceptional exceptional connection skills i don't have those um and the same thing goes with technical ability it's like but i, I can make up for my regular connection ability with learning some technical ability. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that mediumship, I don't think is a replacement for learning things like actual creative skills, um, like writing and painting and, and playing an instrument. Um, that's the dream. And if anybody does that, please let me know and teach me because <laughs> I spend so much time, time trying to learn all of these uh, technical skills, and um, it'd be great to have a shortcut. I, you know, I'm sure many people would agree with me on that. In the, the absence of that incredible skill, uh, you got to make sure you, you know, learn how to paint still. And I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm too negative here, but I, I don't think in most cases um, using mediumship to get around learning technical skills is going to work, but you could try. Um, and so I like to call that out so that people don't get to their heart too crushed <laughs> when they're not better at art um, by doing mediumship. You know, the other thing I like to say in here is um, Hilma Clint, I think many, many, many people um, ask me about her and her work. I, you know, for those of you who don't know, She's an incredible artist who um, had a show, I think in 2018, could have been 2017 at the Guggenheim. And it was the number one selling show they've ever had. And before it, most people, including myself, didn't know about her work. And she was a spiritualist. She um, worked in a group with five women um, where they connected with spirit and got information about paintings. And in a lot of ways, she came before the, the abstract artists that we recognize as the founders of abstract art, um, like years and years before, and is she's just getting recognized. So she's a really important figure, um, I think, for a lot of 
women, a lot of artists, um, a lot of spiritualists. And she had been doing seances for 38 years before she made um, her ma most like kind of well-known works, the, the 10 um, largest, I think they're called. 38 years she'd been doing seances and connecting with spirit. And it, it wasn't like she tried it a few times. She was really, really into this. This was probably a major part of her life. Um, and I think that's so cool. And I also don't, I hate to dash people's hopes <laughs> that you'll just get it and be home right away. Maybe someone will, but for me, mediumship is a, is a process and takes time and doesn't, you know, nothing happens overnight, sadly. Um, let's see what else is in here. So the, the next number four is, was that the three steps in connecting and that those are really, those I learned from mediumship, right? I sat and thought about how I do mediumship, how I was trained to do mediumship and how I actually do it. Um, and that's the part that I want to bring in for people who are used to doing art and want to intentionally build that connection outside of themselves. Um, and I, when I'm teaching this, I, I don't require people to connect with the dead or with spirits. I think I know I've spent a lot of time connecting, for example, with my own body as a source of inspiration for artwork, um, connecting with places and or plants and animals the only thing i suggest is not connecting with living humans unless you have express permission again this is something we learn in mediumship um and you know that's an ethical consideration that you you shouldn't connect with living humans unless you ask um but this process of kind of opening the connection and having an invitation and beginning a conversation um and being treating your contact, the spirit that you're working with as a person, right? And asking them, hey, will you help me with this? Hey, I can't hear you. Can you talk a little louder? Or can you show me that in an image? Um, you know, these kinds of things, that's how I do mediumship. And um, for me, it works with, with art as well. And I just sort of, you know, before I make something or write something, um, I kind of do this opening like I would in a mediumship session. And if I've chosen a specific contact, you know, talk to them about what I'm, what I'm trying to do. And then the key and the thing that all artists already understand is the process of getting something that's happening inside your body to outside of your body, right? And that in mediumship, if you're working with clients, is going from getting receiving information in your mind and body and saying it. And in art, that could be writing it on the page, that could be the drawing. Um, one thing I think is really interesting here is I change quite often how I move from reception to translation. And sometimes I wait till I've finished the session before I start drawing or writing. And sometimes I begin the writing and drawing while I'm still in connection. And this is something that is different for everybody. For me, it's different every time I do it. Um, and, and sometimes you just want to stay connected and not get distracted by, you know, using a pen or markers or deciding colors or something like that. So um, let's see, the next, the next number five is about, um, controlling our connection. And this is, again, something we learn a lot in mediumship is that, you know, it's up to us to develop the connection to start and close the connection. And those are really important things to, to do, regardless of the setting that you're doing, whether you're just doing client mediumship or, or artwork. Um, and something I think is kind of fun to talk about in the context of art is identifying your source. So in client mediumship, you have to identify your sources, right? Evidential mediumship means you're bringing through information that the person, the client can identify as to who it's from. 
and you're that's a major purpose of mediumship and in mediumship for creativity that is not the case in fact especially if you're new to it i argue to avoid that part because it involves more of our rational brain um, and it can be wrong and i don't think information brought through for creative purposes can be quote unquote wrong i think it can be not useful and i think you can choose um you know which contacts you work with and if you want that information but it can't necessarily be wrong and you also can't be wrong or it doesn't really matter who you're getting information and you don't need evidence on what that source is in order to complete your work you might want evidence on who that connection is that's helping you so you can thank them or give them credit but most cases it's not as important as with client mediumship and for me I actually find that really liberating and a really great balance to client mediumship um, and evidential mediumship where that's really fun to do. It's really satisfying to be able to bring in a, a clear evidence and and be able to help people and sit in client sessions and, and really feel like you're bringing forward information that's helpful for their lives. And then it's also really satisfying to bring in information where you're not worried about evidence. You're just seeing what comes in. You're seeing if it fits for the creative project you're doing. Um, it's it's looser and it's more, <laughs> I was gonna say creative, but that's, uh, that's redundant. <laughs> um, it's just a nice break from, from the more uh, structured process of client mediumship. So if you do mediumship for clients and you haven't ever tried it for art, I, I recommend it because it can be very liberating and a nice you know, change of pace. So the last part um, of these premises that, that I have here are, it's a personal choice on how much to have in, of yourself to have in the process. So this speaks to what we understand in mediumship as our different like levels of consciousness. So um, if you're in a trance, for example, you're bringing in um, the less of you is there because you're not even... <clears throat> bringing in any sort of clairaudience or um, clairsentience, it's, you're allowing the, the spirit to speak through you. So this is kind of more like automatic writing or drawing where you're trying to actually turn yourself off as much as possible and allow the spirit to come through. And the point of this kind of bullet is that it's up to you. You don't have to put yourself completely to the side. Um, you can stay as involved as you want. And again, this isn't client mediumship. This is mediumship for your own creative process and for fun and for expression. And so you don't need to go deeper than you want to. Um, a lot of people, when we're new to this, it can be a little scary. And just opening up a tiny bit and exploring that is, is enough. You don't need to go to any certain level or have the spirit come through any more than you want. And, you know, it's just a reminder that, that we have the final say in this process. Um, we are the medium, we are the one being uh, worked with by the spirit. And so we get to say, you know, yes or no, or I, I don't wanna do this, or I do wanna do this. Um, and that's just a reminder for people who aren't trained in regular mediumship where you learn that really early on. And uh, I wanna make sure Everybody knows that if they're ever experimenting with mediumship. So um, those, those sort of are my foundational beliefs. Um, what I wanted to do was just a little kind of like spend a few minutes with a, like a mini practice. Uh, and so if you had a chance to uh, grab a pen or pencil, uh, if not, I'll give you a moment now and We'll just uh, we'll just try out a little bit of this. This won't be the whole process, um, but I just want to give you a little bit of a taste of, of what it's like in case you haven't done mediumship before, or um, you know, if you have, you can probably run off and do this on your own. But it, you know, I like to give a little a little bit of a 
a gateway into it for those who haven't. And I'll do more um, episodes on this process and I'll do like more, keep going into the actual process and what I do. Um, this was sort of the introduction, but I, I think it's really fun to try and it's cool to talk about this stuff, but it's way cooler to actually do it. So I wanted to make sure we had time. So with that, um, hopefully you're grab you grabbed a pen or pencil and a piece of paper and you can sit back down and I'm going to close my eyes. So sorry for the people watching the video. My eyes are going to be closed during this. Well, maybe I can keep them open. Just, uh, it's so nice to close your eyes when you're doing a little meditation. So what we're going to do is take a moment to settle into our bodies and take a few deep breaths, focusing on the exhale, nice long inhale, nice long exhale. And what we want to do first is start to move our attention from the external world, move it away from your computer or whatever you have in front of you, from the room you're sitting in, and start to shift it inwards. And taking a look or feel at your internal landscape, just noticing what your internal weather feels like. So how's it feel inside yourself today? Are you feeling energetic or quiet? Are you feeling like you have a lot of energy that needs to be used? Or maybe you're feeling really light on energy. Do you have a lot of emotions swirling around? Do you have thoughts? Just noticing. You don't need to change anything. We're here to do some creative work. And creative work doesn't require you to have any specific emotional state. What we want to do in this first few minutes is actually just connect in with ourselves. And I like to do this before I do any mediumship process, creative or otherwise, because it helps me build both the space and the discernment I need for working with the spirit realm. So again, taking this time to settle in closing your eyes and noticing where you're at today. And if you're feeling like you have too many thoughts going on in order to be able to focus, you may want to take a few moments to see if you can clear out some space. And for this, pick a place that's that's easy for you to to make some space in. So what I mean by this is if your mind is really busy, you could actually try turning your attention to another part of the body, to the heart, to one of the, the chakras. If you're familiar with the chakras, like the second chakra can be a really creative place. Um, even you can turn your attention to your hands, the palms of your hands, and just start to notice what those spaces are like giving yourself a break from your mind and shifting into the body and into the more subtle energies of the nonverbal parts of ourselves. I find it really soothing to actually listen to my heartbeat and focus on that because for me, actually, even breathing can be um, hard for me to focus on because we have control over our breath and when I start thinking about it sometimes it changes how I'm breathing and I'm trying to feel relaxed so the heartbeat is something I don't have control over and so I focus on that sometimes instead of 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 the breath <clears throat> so when you're feeling like you've become present in your body and you've found a little bit of space I want you to take a few moments to <clears throat> think about why you're here today and why you're doing this. Just taking a little bit of time to think about what you're curious about, what you're interested in, what you're hoping might happen. 
just getting familiar with your own interests, motivations, and enjoying thinking about what you hope happens when you try out a little bit of mediumship um, for creativity. And just taking a few moments to kind of feel into that or um, have a conversation with yourself in your mind about it. And when you feel ready, I think we'll try the kind of most simple and maybe obvious form of doing this, and that's that's an automatic writing process. And actually, I'm changing my mind. I think we should do automatic drawing. So in this case, yes, we're going to do this. Also, a very simple approach. This is something I've been doing a lot lately. Um, and what I want you to do is prepare yourself with your pen and your paper, whatever materials you're using, and actually move your pen into your non-dominant hand and close your eyes and place or place your pen on the page and then close your eyes. And just let it rest there for a moment. And then take another breath and just settle back into yourself, just knowing your hand is on the page and ready to move when you, when you start connecting. And so what I want you to do first, before we connect to anything outside of ourselves, is just allow yourself to move the pen on the page in a way that feels like a match to your current mood. So just take this time to really focus in on what it feels like to move the pen on the page and find motions, keeping your eyes closed, don't look at what you're doing, just finding motions that match your energy. If you're feeling wild and crazy, maybe they're big, fast movements. If you're feeling slow and tired, maybe they're small, slow movements. And just see if you can't get that pen to move in a way that matches, yeah, how you feel. And spend as much time as you can here doing that without opening your eyes and knowing that even as you're engaging in this, your feelings and your mood might change and noticing how that might affect the pen moving on the page. Take a moment, or as you're doing that, take a moment to notice how tightly or loosely you're holding your pen. Notice what it feels like if you change that grip a little. And taking a moment to check in with yourself again. If you started thinking about the pen, now go back inside yourself. Think about how you're feeling. And then see how it feels to articulate that in movement on the page. You can try to keep your eyes closed. When you start to lose focus or lose direction, then go back inside yourself and just check in again. Now how am I feeling? How's this part of me feeling? How's that part feeling? And how would that affect how I move the pen on the page? I'm going to give you a couple minutes here to try this. And again, if you're getting distracted, don't worry. Just move your attention back and noticing yourself again, your internal landscape, your internal weather, and how you can best articulate that in the movement on the page.
All right. So you've had a couple moments. I recommend doing this for much longer, but you've had a couple moments. Um, open your eyes and take a look at what you did. And just take a moment to recognize the movements you made and how they showed up on the page. Noticing if it feels like you expected it to, if it looks like you expected it to. And just noticing that you've um, taken something from within yourself and put it outside of yourself without using any of your own opinions about it or you having to make what I call creative decisions and like deciding, is this gonna look the way I want it to look? You're just allowing that expression to flow and you're not questioning it, you're just experimenting with it. So I wanna try this again um, on a new page. So open up a new page of paper and this time close your eyes again and settle back in within yourself. Have your pen again ready on the page. Again, I recommend your non-dominant hand. It's up to you if you if you wanna change. Um, I find it liberating to use the non-dominant hand. And this time, take a moment to just uh, bring into your mind a loved one in spirit. Somebody you know or don't know, but someone who matters to you and start to recall them in your mind's eye, what they looked like, what they, how they moved, how they talked. Just start to recall um, maybe times you spent together or if it's somebody you don't know personally, but you've interacted say with their work um, or you know of them, just thinking about what you know about them. And when you feel like you have a really solid, um, internal picture of them. I want you to do the same process we did before, but instead of using your own feelings to move the pen, imagine how this person you've just brought in would move the pen, again, without looking at it, but would they hold the pen tightly or loosely? Would they make careful circular strokes or long, you know, jagged marks? Just start to imagine what might happen if they were the one moving the pen on the page. And just like before, if you start to get distracted or lose direction, go back and bring another memory up of that person. Taking a moment to really draw them into your mind's eye. If you aren't sure, you could always ask them in your mind, is this what you would do? Or would you do something more like this? And imagine them responding back to you. Just spending a few moments noticing what comes up as you're doing this. Checking in with them and your memories and your envision um, contact. And then going back again to the details. How are you moving your hand? How are you holding the pen? How much of the page are you covering? Are you staying in one spot? Or are you moving around a lot? And after you've done this for a few minutes, again, this is something I recommend doing many times, trying out experimentally. Take, uh, you can open your eyes and stop what you're doing and take a look at what you've done. And again, notice if there's a difference when you look at it compared to the other page, um, notice if, if it reminds you of this person, if the way it was articulated through the pen actually recalls something about them to you.
and just taking a moment to kind of take in what's on the page. And when you're done, uh, put down your pen and maybe move the notebook a little bit, close it, or otherwise kind of disconnect from it and allow your attention to move back inside yourself again. And take a deep breath. And we want to let go of all the connection. We want to come back within ourselves. We want to thank that spirit loved one for joining us. And we want to let go of the connection knowing that it's always there if we want to start it again. But every time I do this, um, I make sure to spend the time to close the connection and it does two things. First, it opens, uh, clears things for later, but it also makes sure that I remember to say thank you. And um, that's a really important part of this process too, to say thank you to the spirit loved ones that come through and that work with us. So that was just a little fun little uh, experiment. I hope you try it again sometime. This this recording is on Facebook, and then it also is on, on Spotify. Uh, on You can see it from the Unknown Unknown Radio Facebook profile. It'll be linked to there uh, in case you want to try it again. I also do this every Friday online. Um, I'll put a link to that class. Um, it's $15. It's just a drop-in class. Um, and I'll put a link in the, in the show notes for that, too, if you want to keep trying this. Um, you're also you know, try it yourself and write in the comments what you've tried and how it is for you. I'd love to hear. Um, everybody does this differently. And it's so fun to see and learn about how others are using this kind of process. Um, so I'd love to hear from you. And I will see you next week, Monday night, seven o'clock. Thanks so much. Bye.